Hey, thanks for hanging out. I'm Rachelle Leanne, and you're listening to Thoughts About That. Hi, friends. I am here today with Kylie Hammond, and I'm so excited about this. I've been looking forward to this um, since we've, like, met. met. (laughs) Seriously. Seriously. So, um... Kylie is the founder of the Oklahoma Woman's Journal, and we're actually friends in real life, but we have so much in common, and I invited her to be a guest on Thoughts About That. And um, Kylie, tell me about, like, the Oklahoma Woman's Journal. Okay. so It's like a big thing. Like, it's like... It's crazy because I don't think of it like that. But everyone around me does uh, say the same. Like, it's so big. It's so huge. I can't believe you've done that. And um, so it is a quarterly, a quarterly submission-based women's journal. Um, and I really started it um, in 2019, uh, but it's evolved in those three years to what it is today. Right. We just released our first volume, um, and then we'll release our next one in April. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I bet getting that first issue out into the world. And I mean, obviously, I follow you on social. So I see like all of the things that you're doing and women that you're connecting with and behind the scenes. That's so fun. Yeah, it's been um, this whole three year journey has been life changing, to say the least. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't think I would be where I am today mentally, emotionally, if it wasn't for the Women's Journal. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be as healed. I don't think I'd be as happy. I wouldn't feel like I had a purpose as much as I do now. Right. Um, so it keeps me going even through the hard days, the heavy yeah. days, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you consider it like a passion project? Yes, for okay. sure. I think of it as a passion project, but we are definitely on our way to being able to make it a business where we could eventually, my partner and I, Lauren, would be able to do this full time and nice. give up our other side jobs because I still serve on the side yeah. and I do what I can to right. make ends meet. I mean, we, we have to yeah, do that. We're in a, a very, huh. Uh, we're in a recession and eggs are $8. So, oh, that's why I just saw that video. Did you see that video I posted of the girl and they were like taking eggs and they're doing like, it was like a cocaine type, like pretending they were doing like cocaine cup. Cuddle, oh, but it was for yeah. eggs. But it's for eggs because they're the, the same good, amount. Good. Yeah, I got the goods, guys. I got the goods. <laughs> they're like being like trapped. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's it's awful right now. I mean, for a lot of people and I mean, myself included um, and like having side hustles and like passive income, passive income, a job and a business is like necessary yeah, to make it you right have now. Too. You have a business a and business. you have a job. Well, I don't have a job, but um, I am always like looking, looking. Yeah. You're always on the like you're keeping your eyes out for anything possible. And I think that, you know, that's why I really enjoy the women that I've met through this, because everyone can relate to this. It's right. not like I feel like I have to be. I have to fake it, you know? Yeah. I can be very authentic and very true with what I'm going through and, and the heavy days and the women just are so supportive and so encouraging. I've tried to create a culture of authenticity um, and vulnerability uh, around the Women's Journal. Yeah. And so I try to live my life very much mirrored to that because yeah. I want women to feel like if I'm doing that, then they could do it as well. Right. And if I'm not doing that, then then what am I doing? Because right. I'm running a magazine that is literally for that. And it's 
giving women that opportunity to be brave in their vulnerability. Yeah. What is vulnerability to you? So for me, my whole life, I think that I have been told, don't overshare. Mm -hmm. You know, you share too much. You uh, tell people too much about your life. Um, And I've always, that was a negative connotation, basically, like what I would, how I would do it. But as I've gotten older, as I've been in this role, I've learned that that's actually my gift. That's Mm -hmm. my superpower because I am able to relate with people because they, they look at me and that's vulnerable for me is when I'm able to share with them my hardships or I am transparent with what I'm going through. Um, I, I, I jokingly just blurt out random things about if I'm microdosing on something (laughs) and and people are like, what do you do that? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I do these things because I want women to feel comfortable. I don't want them to feel like they are in the green closet. Yeah. Because I'm not going to be in that. I, I go against the grain and I always have. And now I feel like because I was able to start the women's journal, I think that three years into it now, I realized, damn, Kylie, you actually did this. You did this, but you did this because of all those things that everyone mm-hmm. would say that were negative about you. Right. Those were actually what got me to that success of three years into this now and getting our first volume out and women saying, wow, like this is what we need. Right. Because no one would have been able to do that unless they, they realize like, I've got to be the vessel. I've just got to be transparent and authentic and, and put this out there for everyone yeah. and, and not care. I, f- I feel like today we're going to like cover um more than like just one topic yeah that's how we're <laughs> that's, that's how we are um so I just want to give a trigger warning to anybody um with like mental health or um any religious trauma um that that's definitely going to come up today and I want to give you that option whether to listen or um so, so yeah, like the last three, gosh, the last conversations we've had have been, well, first of all, we both, we don't do small talk. No, no, we dive deep. We dive deep. And while I want this to be like a leisure podcast, I want us to leisurely talk about things um, that people don't talk about because yeah. it's really not that hard yeah. if you just talk about it. Um, but it's, it is it is hard in reality for some people, um, a lot of people. Um, we've just gotten to the point to where it's not hard to talk about. It's what we talk about because it's our life and it's our journey. Our truth. Um, it's our truth, um, which I really appreciate about you. Like you've been sharing on social, you know, video. Video is just one of those things like I'm always told by people, like, how do you do video mm-hmm. on social media? And I'm like, because I can talk. Mm-hmm. Like, right, if I were just left up to my own accord to just write things, mm-hmm. I would never talk mm-hmm. to the public. Mm-hmm. Like, I would just never say anything. I wouldn't have a podcast. So, you know, you've been doing a lot of video, um, both on TikTok and Instagram, just sharing, like, What do you feel like you share the most? I share probably the most about um, mental health. Okay, Um, yeah, I would say that, yeah. Yeah, mostly just because of my borderline personality disorder, which um, also short for BPD, or BPD short for borderline. So um, I try to put it out there because that is something that people don't 
they see us and they stigmatize us and they don't think we can be functioning as normal humans in society with that illness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just recently was diagnosed when I was 28, so about five years ago, and it was very life-changing for me um, because it really just opened my eyes to see why I would cope with things the way I would cope, why I wouldn't be able to handle, you know, if I got fired from a job, my whole world would end. Right. So why would I, why would that? Well, getting fired is traumatic. Yes, You know, in and of itself. Um, But even just like, like you said, like the day to day functioning of functioning of our emotions are up and down up throughout that throughout the day, you know, and it's not like we're I hate when people think that we're just going to we're going to bite their head off or our mood is, is just it's not that it's it's literally like you're wearing all your emotions on the outside of your. Body. OK, so I can totally relate to that in yeah. the thick of my mental health journey. I used to say to my husband all the time that I felt like I was open flesh. That's what it is. With BPD, they describe it as that, like that you just you have so many emotions that you feel constantly throughout the day Um, and you can go from sad to happy to sad to happy. And, you know, it's not like we're bipolar disorder. It's which nothing is wrong with bipolar disorder. It's it's, it's a thing. It is very, very much misdiagnosed uh, bipolar and BPD. They tend to misdiagnose both with Mm -hmm. either or. Right. And so I was diagnosed with bipolar growing up from 15 on, and um, I just never resonated with it because they would put me on um, mood stabilizers and antidepressants, and I would basically be tranquilized. And I remember passing out one time at Ted's Escondido one time when I was 19. I was like at dinner, and I just passed out. I couldn't stay awake. And I that was just, to me, too much. I don't. I, I got off all that medicine. And so, yeah, when I was 28, when I got diagnosed, it just opened my eyes to so much. And I started that like journey through healing. Um, I would recommend to not research every single book about borderline when you get diagnosed, because then you start to see these other people's symptoms and you start to think that you have them. Right. Um, And there's such a wide spectrum. You don't you're not going to have the same. I think they said there's a 100 different variations Mm -hmm. of symptoms that you can experience as a BPD mm-hmm. individual. So no one's the same. Well, I feel like um, BPD, just from what I know about it and have experienced on my own journey, it it a lot of it trims, uh, stems down to abandonment. Mm-hmm. Um, rejection. Rejection, silent treatment oh, from yeah. your parents. Those types of things would cause BPD. Um And I find that people, and obviously I've said this before, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a doctor. I'm a podcaster and a mom. (laughs) Um, And like a black woman living in America. And I get, I get mental health because I've dealt with my own. And it's caused me to dig deep into my trauma about how I was raised, Mm. spiritual, religious trauma. That's, yes, that kind of ties into it too. Yeah. And I feel like there's like a theme of, of that type of trauma that leads to the intense emotions that we feel um, on a, on a, 
on a daily basis, which affects your energy. It affects your job. It affects it affects everything. Like I woke up this morning feeling heavy and I told you I was feeling really tired. I don't know why lately I've been feeling really tired, but it is something that we don't really tend to recognize in ourselves when we do feel like that. And also the weather doesn't help. Yeah, yeah, seasonal depression is real. real. It's so real, yeah. Like, and I've tried the freaking lamp lights, but, Mm -hmm. and and no, no, I don't want to deter anyone who's listening to try that, but like, I need the sun. Personally, it was just no replacement for me. But um, I started my journey in 2015, um... Well, actually, actually was before that. Can we talk about therapy? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I'm a big proponent of therapy, but I started in Christian therapy. Mm. I have <laughs> gone through those many times with and, my pastors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so not just Christian therapy, Kylie. I've done biblical counseling. Dear God. Yeah. Biblical counseling. How did that go? what was the basis of it for for your depression or yeah it was for depression and a lot of it was basically let's talk about David and what he went through oh and like they would like pray over she would pray over me um at this time I wasn't on any medication um I was just trying to cope through through prayer through prayer (laughs) yes Mm -hmm. Through literally prayer. And um, I was working a full-time job that was, you know, a, a big girl job. And I, I'm dealing with these big things emotionally. And it took a lot to get through the freaking day on a daily basis. But I was going through biblical counseling right after I got off work to be healed. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. Did it help you? Um, no. I mean, it. I feel like, first of all, I feel like what helps people is being feel uh, like seen and heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that regard, mm. I I was like talking. Ex- I'm a I'm an external processor, and and mm-hmm. so just talking about life's issues and hurdles was helpful. was somewhat helpful yeah 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 but 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 did it make things worse absolutely and so like we've talked a few times about religious trauma and I feel like there's this wave of deconstruction that's happening for a lot of people oh, I feel that too I think we're seeing it. I think for the first time, we're starting to really see the truth mm-hmm. and what has been hidden from us for the so truth long. Truth is such like a trigger word. No, not like that. But it's like yeah, for me, the like truth, the like, truth, yeah. the light, yeah. the way. But I think like now it's like it. It was such a shame based thing for us growing up. It was it was basically pounded in us like. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you feel depression, like if you're feeling like that, then you're not obviously walking in the Lord's like you're not walking with the Lord. You, right. You're not in in the Lord. Uh, right. You have one foot in the world and one foot in Jesus. Right. Um, right. And I just those things I remember being so angry because I would wonder, well, then why am I wanting to commit suicide in seventh grade? Why am I overdosing on aspirin, taking a handful of it in seventh grade to try right. to right. kill myself to go be with God? Because God was 
the only one that I, okay, so let's kind of like backtrack a little bit, but growing up, I was always raised with the non-denominational religion. Um, and so you wouldn't think that it would be very cult-like, but as I've gotten older and I've realized that our, our entire life was surrounded by a hundred member church and they knew everything about our life from the time I was in elementary all the way up until I graduated. Even to this day, some of them still follow me on Facebook and that's why I don't use it often Yeah, because I just, good for you. I, they view my stuff now and, and I understand, you know, that they're probably like, Oh my gosh, Kylie's coming out. She's now coming she's out gay and she's saying like, you know, she's bashing the church and I'm not bashing the church. It's just what I am doing is I understand the hurt that it's caused right. to so many individuals. So many. And it's not God. No. It's the church and it's the, it is sometimes, yeah, it's the church. It is the church. It is the church. I 1000% agree. I, um, Whew, that is like 1000%. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, if you if you go on TikTok right now, there's just a lot of people who have decided to come out um, about their deconstruction. I, f- I feel like TikTok, you find mm-hmm. your people because, yes. <laughs> because it's where we get to talk. It's not like behind... Instagram. A facade or behind Instagram or behind Facebook. I feel the same way. Like I have a business Instagram and a business Facebook. And like, right. you know, we're millennials. I yep. had Facebook when you had to have, you know, a school email. And now it's this whole thing now with all of these features that you can do. But I still don't feel like I can be my full self on Facebook. Whereas TikTok. Mm-hmm. I feel the most able to share things. You're so right. right. I've actually recently, because of you saying that to me, and I really assessed everything, and I was like, wow. I made my Instagram private, um, and I started to focus more on my TikTok because Mm -hmm. the Instagram is great for all the people that are already in my life who Mm want to see the behind the scenes of what I do for the Women's Journal. Right. But I don't need to, like, grow that platform to be anything other than what it is right, right now, right, sure. personally. Yeah. But I think that for TikTok, it is something that you can be more vulnerable. Right. And there's so many other niches out there that you'd be amazed at where you fit in. <laughs> right? <laughs> fitting in. No, like, seriously, like, I was listening to a podcast, one of my favorite podcasts the other day, and there's a space talk. So, like, if you like all things, like, space, you have a place if you're not on TikTok, you should really start. You should go and find your people because they're out there. I promise. I don't care like I found what you think. BPD. So yeah, I yeah. found people who are literally posting about BPD doing hilarious videos about it. And it's just like, wow. Wow, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, the deconstruction, you were right. Right. Yeah. Deconstruction. Like even coming out, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if whether it's yep. the green closet or the the rainbow closet or the shroom closet, <laughs> all of it, all of it. Like you can find your people yeah. on TikTok. So go follow us on TikTok. I'll leave our handles in the show notes. But deconstruction. OK, Kylie, so that's like such a big thing. But how can we like. How can we. 
How can we narrow it down? Narrow it down. Okay, so here's what I think about it. So I've spent the last year really like, okay, so when I first started, I started with the religion. Um, I started, yeah, with the piece, like, where did they originate? What was the first religion? And the reason why I started researching so heavily into that was because I watched my parents. I love them to death. They are from a different era. So they're not going to take the time to do the research. Um, but so many different documentaries have come out, you know, and I, there was one recently called Ancient Apocalypse, actually, that really even opened my eyes more of how uh, long our planet has been around and all of the things that, you know, our previous um, cultures have done and and just how sof- sophisticated they were. And we think they were hunter gatherers. It's just crazy because there's been so much lineage and yeah, history to our world that we, yeah. we, well, I feel like everybody, every generation is going to have some type of like basis of what they believe in faith, you know, whatever, yeah. whether it's astrology or we need that. We need that. It's, it's we, we need to make sense of our, you know, our human existence and, and things like that. Right. But I feel like religion and we live in the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. We're in Oklahoma. Um, is just a thing that's affected so many of our generation and we finally have a way to talk about how it's affected us us in a negative way. Um, Tell me about, um, like, what was childhood like for you in regards to church? Okay. So in my house, my dad was not a Christian, my stepdad. So every Sunday morning for church, there was yelling in my house because it was just, there was this constant like battle going on between my mom and dad, like spiritual, what I thought, you know, at the time. Spiritual warfare. Yeah. (laughs) Spiritual warfare every Sunday morning. But really it was like, can y'all just control your emotions and be kinder? Um, It it was just rough, but Sundays were always miserable. Um, You know, we weren't allowed to listen to certain things that Christian was the only thing we were allowed to in country. So, We weren't allowed to watch MTV, any of that stuff, but our life was just so surrounded by the church community um, that I really don't even think my mom um, understands what it's like to have fellowship in the secular world. Um, And I feel like it breaks my heart that it does break my heart that she doesn't have that, like what we have. And I think that 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 really, really stunts us growing up in that because we don't open our eyes to anything else around the world. We just stay in the box. And she stayed in a box her whole life. And I was almost like that. I remember just growing up and being told things like, you know, if my sisters weren't following Jesus or they didn't believe, my mom would say things like, well, honey, pray for them because they're going to go to hell, you know, and you'll be separated from them for eternity. You'll never see them again. And I remember being, you know, so... I felt like I I had to save them. So I would I would constantly just try to share the Lord with my sisters to the point where they pushed me away. They didn't want anything to do with me. I was too much like our mom. Um, and I even have that tattoo on me that says, live is Christ, die is gain. Wow. Literally, to me, it meant to live on this earth is to um, do everything that you can to bring as many to Christ as you can. And then dies gain because I get to go be with him. And that was what Paul wrote because it was like his time on this earth was only to be a servant for the Lord. And then to die was to go be with him. So that was gain. We didn't have to make a living. We didn't have to go to work. We didn't have to do anything. We just lived our life to serve the Lord. Yeah, yeah. I think that is definitely um, 
the now I got really off into religion when I was about mm, 21. And so because of you saying like the going with the Lord thing, Mm -hmm. I wanted to back up because when my um, father-in-law passed, we had to talk to my son about what happened with his grandpa. Mm -hmm. And I remember like looking online, like how do you talk about death to a kid that's not like traumatizing Um, and I had a friend share with me that, you know, don't tell him that he went to be with the Lord. Okay, good. Yeah. Not that I would have told him that, but he went to heaven to be with Jesus or whatever, like, because that's abandonment. Like, why would he leave me? I want to go there and be with him. Mm. You know what I mean? And so, like, I, I thought, oh my gosh, that's so... Like, I got that advice literally on the day of the service. And I I was just so thankful because I needed to, you know, talk to him in a way that at the time, I think he was three, to understand. Um, But I think it's really that simple when we break it down for a three-year-old. It really is that simple. And I I told him, I was like, this, here's what happened. And and he was just like, he died like, like a robot. Like, you know, when a robot stops. And I was like, yeah, like stops, like that's beautiful yeah yeah and but it helped him at three to conceptualize such this big concept but imagine like had i said go be with the lord or like that would be so traumatic traumatic right and so for you as a child you were told like your sister wasn't she was she was she not baptized was she not she just completely walked away from completely walked away belief uh how old was she that's bold to do i mean so (laughs) gosh i was the only one who didn't so all my siblings and i have about five of them they all um couldn't do it because we were raised in such a way where if we didn't have our bible on our nightstand our mom was saying you you didn't you're not reading your word where's your bible you know and it was so uh drained into us that like I think that they, and then, you know, um, that shame, that guilt feeling that they, that we would get, like, I remember walking into the church at 15 wearing holes in my pants. I had, I always wore Hollister jeans and would put holes in them at that time. And I was just judged so heavily for that. Um, people for would, holes in pants. Yeah. They would say, you're wearing your holy jeans, like H-O-L-Y, like, oh, she's wearing her holy. But I always knew that. I would blast my my screamo Christian music and get in trouble because I was listening to that kind of music. But I I just knew that I knew I had a deeper connection with God because mm-hmm. I knew my parents. I love them, like I said, but the love that I would get from them, I knew wasn't the type of love I could imagine. I, I imagined my creator to have. I always imagined my creator to have this selfless, undenying love for me that whenever I was getting yelled at or getting in trouble by my parents in sixth grade and up, I would go straight to my journal and write to God immediately and say, why is this happening? Why are my parents treating me like this? Why is my dad telling me that I might as well go stand on a street corner because I'm wearing a two-piece at Whitewater Bay in seventh grade. And so I'm basically a tramp is what his words were. Um, In seventh grade, I remember going to my journal and writing that down immediately. I can can imagine telling my son that. Like, like... (sighs) 
could not imagine. And you know what? Um, I think our backgrounds are different in that you experienced your trauma as a child or, you know, throughout throughout your childhood, Mm -hmm. whereas I experienced it more so as an adult. What? Like the religious trauma? Oh, yeah. Because you got heavily into it. Because I got heavily into it at 21. And then they were trying to do biblical counseling with biblical you. Biblical counseling, all the things. So what really things. broke I mean, you I from even, that? What made you, what opened your eyes? When was the moment that you were like, this isn't working? That's a great question. Um, I was the girl or the woman, because I was an adult, mm-hmm. that had like 18 women coming to my house every Thursday. Oh. As I was the community group leader. You were. I was the I was the Bible study chick. <laughs> I used to go to this all the time. <laughs> well, you would be coming to my house because I, I was the one I that would have. Well <laughs> freaking A. <laughs> freaking A. But yeah, so I experienced it as an adult. I actually experienced a little baby conversion <gasps> therapy. What? At this time. During this time. Um, what made me really realize was when I was about to marry my husband. Sorry, babe, if you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> but I was about to marry my husband. And I was so, like, depressed. Because we had sex before marriage. Hmm. And I wasn't even a virgin, which that word is not even like, that's a whole nother topic. But I was so depressed. I remember feeling like I had fallen out of the grace of the Lord. I had, um, I had to just do all of this repenting and uh, it just sucked all the goodness out of my life and just out of what was supposed to be a, a beautiful time of my life. Um, so, so I remember like going through, I think it was like a Bible study on grace, which is still a big trigger word for me because like, unless it's your name, like I don't want to use that word in a sentence. I don't want to be told that word in I always sentence. try to say, give yourself grace. Right, 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 right. Because we've been taught so much that it's the opposite. God's right, right, right. grace. Right, God's grace. Mm, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to get it outside of who yeah, you are. Yeah, all those yeah. terms, all of it. Just take it out. Yeah. And and yeah, And they focus. Uh, I went through a program called, like, I Am Second. Have you ever heard of that? Oh. Okay, so, but back to what... <laughs> Back to when I was like, so yeah, I was so depressed and like to the point of um, like, I didn't want to be here anymore because the weight was so heavy that I failed. We were full blown grown adults in corporate America. There was no reason why we couldn't move in if we wanted to before. It was just like all these rules and um, Mm -hmm. like, I do believe that I'm on the spectrum. And so I think what was hard for me was I, I, there were literal things that I would literally, you know, take and it just, 
ruined my take it literal take it literal and it ruined my mental health and it ruined what was supposed to be such a beautiful time mm-hmm. that I could never get back so I decided I was going to step away um we were going to a church that we were not members of right. but we tithed regularly oh my god okay <laughs> The member things get the member oh my God. thing gets me. Yeah, it is so so. So I was going to this church and we were serving mm-hmm. every Sunday. Okay, and I was going through the worst time of my my mental health, and nobody saw me. They instead were like, "Hey, somebody said they can't come in today. Can you like?" stay for another service and help some more. But they didn't see me and what I was going through. And it started to take away from time um, that was very precious on Sundays because, like, we work five days a week. You know, my husband at the time was working, like, 50, 60 hours a week. And it was just like, y'all want to take more time for me? Mm -hmm. Like, what? Like, it was not helping me. It was making me feel like, more drained and more so at that time this is obviously after we had been married I decided to step away and he supported me and he went through his own process you know what I mean um but I backed down and I've never looked back when was that how many years ago um sorry no 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 that's it's good it's good I think it was 2014 Okay. 20, 2014, 2015, one of wow, those. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, experiencing as an adult, it's like we had, like back then, it, it was like, and not to minimize, we it, it, it's both like terrible, but like we had, you know, the beginning of social media. So there were like all these, you know, women who were doing these Bible study books and like, speaking conferences and everything. So it was like, I really just got indoctrinated because I was like soaking up all of the things. Just all of it. All of it. And we think that, I mean, I think that we assume that that's going to um, heal every part of us if we just continue just absorbing all of this, everything that we can. And it's, I think that's where I started to realize like, okay, um, with my mental health and with the religious trauma, well, even just with the church in general, it was always, I remember even in 2020, a friend of mine telling me that I had a spirit of lust on me. I had a spirit of rejection on me. So that's why I was struggling for so long with not being able to attain a relationship for very long or why I was so wanting to have sex with uh, anyone or any guy, you know, that I, and I never had relationships with them. Well, here's the thing I just realized actually listening to Glennon Doyle yesterday on a podcast about attachment styles. The reason why I was sleeping with all these men was not because I was seeking sex. It was because that was the only time during that act that I felt love, that I felt worth, that I felt any kind of adoration or scene. Yeah. Yeah. So all those times that I would do it, I I didn't feel connected to them outside of that. It was just, Mm -hmm. I needed that. And that was because of what growing up we experienced. Um, But also it was like, wow, 
I don't have a spirit of lust on me. I don't have a spirit of this. And she would try to pray it out of me. And I remember sitting there one time, and I'm going to explain this one situation in 2020 when I was screaming at God in my bed. My roommate wasn't home at the time. It was dark. So I just remember just being so upset and crying hysterically. Like, why am I not set free from all of this pain? Why am I still experiencing this, God? Like, I've been doing everything since I was a little girl. Like emotional pain. Yeah. Mental. Like mental and emotional pain. And I'm sure why? some even physicals at times. Yes. Always, because that it, it correlates. Absolutely. So why am I experiencing this if I'm in God? Why am I, if I'm praying and I'm, I'm watching these Bible studies and I'm reading my word? Yes. Um, and so I cried and I screamed at him and I just got so upset. And I remember that in that moment, it was dark in my room and I, I saw this like wave of whatever coming and my clock distorted. And it was such a like kind of weird Thing. And I kind of got under my covers a little bit, but it hit me and it warmed my whole body. And I think at that moment was when I realized that whatever it is up there was trying to tell me, like, you're fine. And it's not about that. It's not about this. So I think that was when I started to truly like, because that warming sensation that covered my entire being after I was crying and screaming, it was like, it, it warmed me and made me feel okay and peace. Was it not the Holy Ghost? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I'm not, it was. I am, I'm laughing because, but, but it's, it's, I mean, the it's the Holy Spirit. No, 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 really though, I, I, I do, I'm, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that, you know, you experienced what you experienced, but then I'm so glad that you had that moment where, Open my eyes. Yeah, where well, you felt like, okay, why am I not feeling better? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm why doing am everything I not, right. I'm doing everything by the book. By the book. Why is not, why do not I feel like crap? And that was exactly how I felt um, when I was about to marry my husband, and um, and 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 for years after when we when I just kept getting into the thick of it, and. I think that's what changed. Like, I've been through the gamut, mm-hmm. Kylie, when it comes to mental health treatment. Mm-hmm. Same, same sister. Mental health. I was like mm, two steps away from electric shock therapy, which there is, I don't have any negative. I want to try it. Yeah, well, I don't have any Yeah, bad feeling, but that's just how bad my brain was. It was so messed up. And I was so depressed and anxious and, you know, all these, this mental and emotional anguish that they were like, okay, these meds aren't working, you know, like you're in therapy, like, let's try to, you know, do some electric shock therapy to see if it can rewire your brain from all this pain, which now we know it's from trauma, but... I don't think my mental health treatment was as trauma-informed, but that's for another day. Yeah. But I think the the most important part of all of this is, like, that we both realized something was not connecting. Not connecting. It was not. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are experiencing that right now. That's what people are experiencing. It's like this, like, kind of how the great resignation was with jobs and things like that. There's this wave of deconstructing and realizing, like, damn, I'm tired of feeling like shit. I have been doing all these things and I just don't feel good. I don't feel good enough. I feel like a failure. Like, and so I think that's where like a lot of the the good thing about social media, because there are some, you know, bad parts, like comparing ourselves and things like that. But the good things about social media is the people that are brave and 
you know, vulnerable and sharing their stories for other people to hear mm-hmm. that, you know, like on top, and this is not even t- like mentioning, you know, three year pandemic, you know, recession, $8 eggs, feeling like shit. This is like just that part. People are sharing that part and it's helping to get that feeling of like, I'm not alone. There's maybe some hope. I I think that in the church too, we were raised to not really talk about that kind of stuff. So I think when people see that we're talking, we're being open and we're saying like, you know, I just, I want to say with that, social media is so important for that type of uh, platform to share your story. I think that people should be more vulnerable in sharing because if more and more of us would do that, then we would start to see all these unique differences in each other and start to celebrate those more than everyone trying to fit into a box. And I think there's so much diversity to each and every one of us that Mm -hmm. we just need to showcase that so that the world doesn't feel so alone. Mm -hmm. So definitely take that platform and and take advantage of it in that way. That's actually one of the reasons why I started this podcast, Kylie, is because I wanted people to feel less alone. Yeah, I think you're doing a great job too. Oh, thanks, (laughs) Grant. But yeah, like I I I'm so glad we have that space and this space. Um and so I'm thankful for that that part about social media. Um it's helped me to understand my human experience in a very um practical way. Um and just hearing other people and engaging, you know, I'd be all in the comments like, girl, yes, you know, because it's, um, it's, it's real. And this wave that's happening, what do you, what do you think will be some of the, like, big things that's going to come out of the deconstruction wave? I really think that the church is going to become more taboo. Mm. is that it's gonna become that's bomb I love that you know as people start to deconstruct I feel like they're gonna start to see what that organization is and I think that they're gonna start to understand that you are capable of having the same fellowship that they tell you you can only find in the church church, outside of the church and with the women's journal that's also what I'm trying to create is fellowship with women I've been told this even recent Recently at the collage party we had on Sunday, this past Sunday, a woman told me that we were relating in the sense that we were both from the church in the past and how we didn't have that fellowship um, in the secular world. And if you're from the church, you know, secular is a word that we talk about often and no one in the secular world even knows what secular is because they're like, what are you talking about? Worldly people. Yeah, the worldly people. And um, so you don't have that fellowship with the worldly people. Right. And you feel guilty if you even try to associate with those worldly people. But as I have gone through this deconstruction, I've found the world is so colorful. Right. And there's so much to be admired and and there's so many humans to admire that are outside of that church organization and outside of that religious scope, that it's like, we have so much to touch in this world. We have so many lives that we have yet to touch. And when a woman told me that I should make this magazine for the Christian church women, like I should create this for Christian women, 
Of course, I'm going to say no, because that's not going to reach the ones I want to reach. Why would I just isolate it to one group? That's this, this whole thing that everyone's doing is, is, is isolating each other by creating these, these, oh, Christian and Christian pods. Yeah. Like it's a click. Yeah. It's such a click. And, and, and it I, puts you in a vacuum, like yeah. of what you believe. And like, it just like I had in one of my Bible studies, I had somebody come out about their, um, their uh, brother being gay and she like stood up and was like, he's going to hell. That's an abomination. And I had to like, be like, hold up. And this was still when I was in the thick of it, but I was like on the, I was, that was one of the turning, another turning moment for me that like, this is somebody's life. Like, what do you like? Who are you to say? And like, it was just, so I, just knew that I just, I couldn't be part of it anymore. So when you mentioned that one of the things that you think is going to come out of the wave of deconstruction is like people having more friendships, basically, with being people. Be able, uh, being able to relate to people. Re, being able to relate to people, being able to talk to people that aren't just like a part of your clique yeah. in this box that yeah. all believe the same thing and all saying the same stuff. God, that is so true, Rochelle, because it's like you, we start to make these connections with people we would have never made before. Never made before. And it just opens up your world to so much color. I can't, mm-hmm. I just always say that term that I've, I've see the world in color now yeah. because I was living That's in black it. and white. We were living in black and white. there was no gray there was no and if you don't have room for gray then your mental health is gonna just is tank it how could it be you just you see the you just shame yourself because you're like why am I feeling this depression I shouldn't be I'm in the Lord I'm in the I'm in I'm in the church I'm doing this I'm doing that but they don't understand that I feel like this is a way to restrict the capabilities we have in ourselves that God always gave to us that that is we don't we have it in and of ourselves. And that's one thing I learned was that I don't need to continue. All my journal entries were always, dear God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's been a while since I talked to you. Um, I did this. I slept with this guy. I know I shouldn't have. And, and now my journal entries are today I met a woman and she's amazing. And I just thank you God for, you know, putting her in my life. And like, I, I don't know yet. I, I'd say God still because that's yeah. still what I'm trying to like decipher. But I still believe in a creator. I believe Absolutely. in Stop a higher power. This. Yes. yes. I believe in that energy yeah. source yeah. Yeah. that is up there. I believe in that so heavily. And yeah. so I just, I now don't live in that shame anymore. And I, I when I am depressed or I'm down, I meditate. I go sit and I do deep breaths and I sit with myself and I really um, sit in those emotions to figure out why am I feeling like that? Mm-hmm. Okay, Kylie, let's work through that. Let's, you know, like even like a trigger. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. Like last night, for instance, um, the girl that I'm talking to couldn't come over and we had this mix up where I thought she was coming over. I'd gotten everything ready. And then she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then my heart sank mm-hmm. and I started to like choke up and like feel like I was crying but it was because of that rejection I felt from many men in my life where they've said they were going to do something they didn't 
And I kind of pushed her away for a cool second. And I like kind of shut my phone on do not disturb, didn't want to respond to her. She was just freaking out like, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. And then I sat with her. I was like, I want to talk to her. Why am I putting my phone on do not disturb so I don't talk to her? Mm -hmm. It's like, that's not fair. I started pushing her away. Yeah, it's that fear. And that's actually one of the the common symptoms of um, BPD BPD is is pushing people away. And um, which causes a lot of friction. Yep, because we push them away. Because we push them away. But we don't want that. Right. It's like, I love you. I hate you. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, totally. So there's this connection. I feel like you can't treat mental health or get better. Right. Without your. And I, I don't know, there are some people that they're like, you know, my religion is not affecting. me. Yeah. Good for you. This is not for you. Okay. This is not for you. This is not for you. not for you. And that's okay. We love you. Uh, we love you. <laughs> um, but, you know, meeting friendships, meeting new people, you know, being able to live a, like a, like a, just a juicy, like colorful yes. life. Right. Because I think of anything the pandemic has shown us is that we need connection, whether you're an introvert, an extrovert, ambivert, whatever. An outgoing introvert. <laughs> anyway, you need that connection and it opens the door for you to have connection with other people. Um, what do you think the biggest thing about your deconstruction journey um, that that's we talked about the wave. But what do you think one of the biggest things about deconstruction, like your journey how would you, if someone's just starting, mm-hmm. what would you tell them? Um, it's a mess. It's going to be a mess. Um, it's going to throw you for so many loops. You're going to just be, yeah, it's it's going to be a mess. But to hang in there and to keep doing it and to not let anyone tell you otherwise, because this is your journey and this is your life and this is your story. It's your truth. Um, I feel like we shouldn't, miss out on the colorful life that we've been given because, you know, we're just listening to a church or black and white, a black. Yeah. We're living in black and white. I feel like, like I was trying to tell my mom yesterday to listen to this podcast by Glennon Doyle about the attachment style. She didn't want to listen. Oh, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. And it's like, I understand she doesn't want to listen to that, but you've got to do your research if you want to understand really the truth of the world and, and what, and I hate to say this, it's so, it is taboo to say this, but the government too has a huge part in, in that they always have. And there's a reason it's the patriarchy. There's a reason why men have wanted to use the Bible as a way to keep us in check too. Um, and that also plays, and this is a whole nother episode for another time, but like also when it comes to, um, women of color and people of color in general, like that's also a way that they've uh, used to to keep yeah to keep that um, that culture oppressed yeah. to keep uh, white people from seeing that like we're 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 better mm-hmm. why oh it says in the Bible like they use it they twist it it's mm-hmm. just there's so much ugly in that and it's not the way that I feel God would have wanted us because we're we're all His creation or I hate saying His but yeah, we are yeah. all. We are all the same. Yeah. God is non-binary. Yeah, God is (laughs) non-binary. Thank you. I always say him, but like, I just know it's like a light source. It's an energy up there. There's no way to me, in my opinion, that our creator looks like us. How could it? How could they? Like, there's so many other different things that they created. how do you know? You weren't even there. Yeah. (laughs) Did you go up there and and then come back down, Elijah? 
Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. But so so you you would say it's a mess. Um, it's a mess. It's, it's a mess. mess. Um, but, but keep going. Keep going. And then, you know, when it comes to the wave, what's some other things that you 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 expect to see out of the wave? You said the church would become taboo. I start I, I think that it's gonna kind of reflect the 70s in a way. Um I think we're kind of in that, but in a different way. Yeah, everything totally, is cyclical. It is. It it comes in cycles. Right. And I think we're kind of redoing that again. But it's like our eyes are being so opened right now, so many different ways. And I really believe that it's gonna cause so many of us as women to even come together because I think which that is powerful it is because we're starting to see that there there is that patriarchy in that mm-hmm. church dynamic or the religious dynamic which also transcends to the workplace yeah. and and everything and everything everything it touches everything and so I feel like once this starts to kind of go it's just it's gonna slowly be kind of like I think the the men of the church are gonna be like this is a disaster and like the men in government are like we need to you know, control them more. And that's what they're trying to do. Right. So they're starting to see that we're coming out and we're realizing stuff. Right, right, right. And we're, so, and we're having conversations. It's kind of like talking about your us. salary. Like, <laughs> like, what do you make? What do you make? You know, they didn't want us yeah. to talk about our salaries because some people got paid certain things and hire for the same role. show you told me about Good Girls Revolt. Yes. I've been watching that and just... Uh, Do you love it? It's so good. Oh and my gosh, we're so And it's just so crazy to think like we've not even come... It's not even been... That long. That long. No. And women were fighting to be writers. They were doing all the work for the men and they were getting paid three times less. Yeah. They yeah. were so much more talented than the men. Right. And it's just like now we're starting to realize that women are literal goddesses. We are literally divine beings. And I think that men are, you know, they are threatened by that. So and and intimidated by it. It's just a fight we're gonna continue to have. We're gonna continue to have. Yeah. I think um what's beautiful about that is that we can have conversations on on social media. And, you know, you know, you can listen to podcasts for all of these. Yeah, all of these platforms. You get to find um, what resonates with you and in whatever stage you are in and can, you know, find a tribe of of, of sorts. You know what I mean? Um, So and I love that that's going to be a part of your magazine and like what it's like bringing all of those experiences together like I'm, I I wish I could be a fly on the wall for all your coffee dates like I'm sure it's oh, like it's it's crazy because I, I have so many different like perspectives of women you know that come to me even with you and you you're shocked that I microdose on shrooms so often throughout the day yeah and I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but but yeah, yeah no, whatever. it's it's we we've got we've got so much to talk about, y'all. Can y'all yeah. just like <laughs> sense the energy? Sense the energy. We've got so much to talk about, and like this is we, you know, this has been so good. I feel like we can talk for forever, forever. And I want to have you on again. I would love that. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Please, I love this because I feel like there's so many things that need to be covered. Absolutely, absolutely. We kind of have rabbit trails because we're both ADHD, right? <laughs> that was the first episode, by the way. Go listen to that if you haven't. I'm gonna leave Kylie's um, information, how you can follow the Oklahoma Women's Journal, and follow her TikTok in the show notes as well as follow me. Um, Kylie, thank you so much for being here today. Like, oh my god. Thank you. This has been been so good. I can't wait to have it released and to be able to share it on the Women's Journal and have others come and listen and 
your show. You're doing you're doing good. You're doing Thank good you, work. Friend. Thank you, friend. Good work. Oof, triggered. It's <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Thanks for listening today. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I hope to see you in another podcast. Thanks for hanging out. And um, yeah, that was, whew, I need coffee. Bye. Thanks for hanging out. Thoughts About That was brought to you by the Possibilities Podcast Platform.